Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. And we're live. Oh, wow. That was quick. Are you serious I, I, told right you, I told you I was hitting the button. Wow. All right. Welcome. Yeah, in mid-conversation. And, uh, I knew I don't, well, we can edit out anything weird later. Yeah, we were <laughs> talking smack about some people. So. There's no weird stuff to edit. <laughs> uh, I don't know of anything uh, exciting to talk about uh, <laughs> beforehand. I, I got nothing, man. So if you There's guys, a few things. If you guys got something on your mind. Um, it's it's going to be a nice day today. That's pretty exciting. 50 degrees. Yeah. What? 50 and sunny. And sunny. So. I like it. We yeah. need to go get our shorts out. <laughs> not, not there yet. Yeah, yeah, not there yet either. But. Do this a, get the heat you, wave. You do you. Okay, I'll do me. <laughs> Fine. I didn't even wear a jacket in today. Just came in with a t-shirt. Yeah. Like I own the place. Wow. So. All right. I got a jacket in the car. I didn't actually put it on. But I am prepared. <laughs> okay. In the event Good. that one is needed. Yeah. I wore in the event that you go for a one. walk, a long walk, yeah, like a hike, yeah, which that's it's not a real high probability that's going to happen, but you never know. <laughs> Chance of hike zero. Come on, Chad. <laughs> Let's just call it out. I'm being I'm being gracious to myself in this. Yeah, <laughs> keep hope alive. Yeah. Anything going on? No. <laughs> the grandkid, like I think, broke my nose yesterday. <laughs> it's just killing me man lincoln had I'm enough surprised i didn't have black eyes <laughs> this morning because I, I like i heard it crack he just had enough of your antics and just finally popped you one so yeah well no <laughs> my, my wife we got my wife this huge it's basically an oversized dog bed pet bed you said that the other day it's kind of funny she lays in it she wanted it for her birthday and, and uh so we all went in on it because it was not cheap and uh <laughs> how it specially ordered me you know she wishes she was a you know one of her animals i guess i don't know does she identify as a dog she loves it dude. so she pulls this thing up in front of the wood stove and like just lays in this oversized is, dog bed is there a picture of this somewhere nope i'll get you one <laughs> so anyway he loves it he's been when he comes over he runs up and like somersaults into it and uh, i was laying in there yesterday when we were watching it <laughs> oh, wait for the first time oh. finally tried it and uh and homie just Boom! Just somersaulted back of his head, just in, a, and I just heard my nose. Do you think crack, maybe, maybe God crack. was God was trying to teach you a lesson? No, no I, that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> God is not pleased with your purchase, right? You, you weren't wearing Crocs while you're doing this, were you? No, yeah, I don't. Chad, want, I don't uh, want to hear nothing about those ever no again. No Crocs in my house. All right. Wow, so we don't have to worry about it. that. I do have Mac Daddies laying around, but I wasn't even wearing my Mac Daddies. So. Anyway, my nose, my nose is killing, dude. Like every time I touch, like it's bad. Like the bridge of it, and <laughs> oh, no. it's bad. Kid's got a hard head. I've been scratched a lot, and I've, I've been yeah, that kind of stuff. But I've never been just whacked by one of my grandkids. Yeah, so. yeah. My grandson likes to pull my beard. And now yeah. he's getting bigger. Like the tugs are getting a little harder. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid he's going to yank out a handful of it one day. Yeah, they're going to start getting violent. Yeah. And because uh, that's what they what was it that Vody Bachman said? Like the reason God makes them so small is so they won't kill you. Yeah. So yeah. they won't kill you. And they're cute, so we won't kill them. And he makes them yeah. so cute that we won't kill them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Vipers and diapers, I think he says. Yeah. That's right. So b- back up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Daddy's. Oh, well, shoes. Just uh, your your little house slippers. Oh. Your little slip-ons. Well, you know that. When I was growing up, Mac Daddy was something else. Yeah. No, I get that it has several meanings okay possible meanings but for us down in socal well 
it still had several meanings, but it was, it was the Mac daddies where you just, your slip ons, your lazy right. shoes, man. Sometimes you'd even go out in public with them. Okay. Well, some people. For were. me, like middle school, it meant you were like the ladies' man. Hmm. You were if Mac, you were a Mac, you were a Mac daddy, daddy. Sing, singular. Yeah, Mac daddy. Yeah, Mac daddies. Okay. The Mac daddy means the, there's a the daddy there's Mac. Two of them. Yeah. It, it was Mac. It probably should have been daddy Mac, but, Joe, it, was, but it, it was Mac daddy. I'm just thinking of crisscross right now. That's all I got. Put their that pants stu- on that backwards. stupid song where they wore their pants backwards. Yeah, that's where Ty got it. Yeah, he liked crisscross. They were inside out though, yeah. too. In fairness, yes, they were. All right. Well, thanks for the clarification. That, You're very that welcome, sir. <laughs> all right, I- I'm I'm jumping in, guys. Now that we're jump, stimulated, jump, 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 jump jumping yeah. in. Exactly. Um, a couple <laughs> questions that have been coming in, um, you know, or, or recommendations from people over. Uh, the last several months is, uh, you know, how to make, you know, try to attract younger families, younger people into the church. I kind of tasked a couple of people that are in that age group to, you know, ask their friends kind of, you know, what do you, what would it take? You know, what, what are you, what are you looking for in a church? What, 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 you know, what could we be doing different to see if there is something we could do? And it's been an interesting, um, interesting kind of results. You know, a lot of the things that, that have come in are a little bit surprising and the questions come up you know is this something we can accommodate should accommodate you know would it really solve anything so these are the kind of questions we wrestle with as pastors and try to figure some things out and then uh, there's been some stats that have come out recently that um, say that uh, the membership of uh, people in churches has declined now for the first time below 50 percent in america uh, down to 47 percent of people that are members of, of houses of worship and that includes more than just you know protestant churches but um, they, they say that uh, when it comes to um, adults born before 1946, 66% of people still go to church. Baby boomers, it's 58%. Gen X, it's 50%. And then millennials, it's 36% go to church. And Gen Zers, they don't have enough data, but they assume it's it's in that same ballpark. And so, you know, we've, we've kind of seen this decline. It's not just here at the door where we're missing young families. Um and then, of course, there's been some articles that have come out that, that bring claims saying this is why they're leaving. This is why people are leaving the church, not just young people, but, you know, all ages. Yeah. And, and as I look at some of these claims, and I sent you guys the list out that I um, kind of condensed. It's not condensed, but it's a pretty big list. Um, as far as why people aren't coming, the question that I, you know, had is, are these valid things? Are these things that we we do see and agree with? Um, and if they are, what, you know, is there anything we can do to fix them? And then I wanted to kind of transition from that into the, the reasons you guys are seeing. And maybe that these claims are, some of them I agree with, some of them I might not. Um, but then what are some reasons we, we are seeing and think that, you know, um, and can we do anything about it or should we is kind of the question. So that's kind of in a nutshell what we're going to be talking about today. Um, yeah. This is kind of a controversial subject, right? Like, it, and every church deals with deals with this. Like they do something yeah. with what we're talking about, whether they know what it is or not. We're all asking the questions of right. how do how do we get yeah. more people in, whether it's young people or older people. I mean, obviously, we want the church to grow. Yeah, um, and then sometimes, and then what's healthy, like what's what's within the bounds of um, you know validity um, for the church to do, and then what's not, and that's where it gets sketchy, is because you've got some people employing things that <clears throat> the church shouldn't be employing for the sake of getting right. numbers. Right. Well, and I was I thought about. Maybe we'll talk about it some today, and maybe we'll talk about it at another podcast. But uh, the different models of churches that that exist out there, and so there's the attractional model, uh, which is kind of the seeker friendly. We've been accused of that before. Well, I um, think in in ways someone could probably point at something and go, "There right. it is, right there." And yeah. it's like, "Okay, sure." But, but really, the goal is find a way to get them in. 
um, at right. all costs kind of thing. And, right. and then, and then make sure you don't do anything that would cause them to want to leave. So that, that's, that's kind of the, the danger of it. And then there's the missional church where it's, it's, you know, we, we gather as Christians so that we can then scatter out into the community, which we're, we're that way too. So we could be called both of those things. Um, some people view church as something that's just for, uh, focus on the unbeliever that comes in and others focus on more just the believers that are there and, and they're not really thinking about the unbeliever. There's all these different, you know, things we think about when the goal is to try to, to win people that have kind of walked away from church back in, it gets interesting as far as what you're, what you, what you're sure. willing to do to, to make that happen. So, well, and then what it ends up doing to the church. Correct. If you succeed at it, like, yeah, and I'm sure we're going to get to that, but like that, there's problems, yeah, there are sure. implications, you know, these yeah. things play out somehow. All so, I could think well, about as an example was you guys were in youth, you guys had youth groups growing up, yeah. and I remember in, in the 90s in Coeur d'Alene, we had a huge youth group, and this thing was massive, and there were so many kids coming, most of them weren't Christians. The reason they were coming was because it was fun. I mean, it right. was the, it was so much fun. We were doing all kinds of crazy things. Um, what was missing, though, were Christian kids, holiness, purity, <laughs> the gospel, you know, the church. Right. It, it was pretty much just a really cool youth activity kind of a place, yeah. and that's what it was. And it was it was successful by the world standards because of the numbers. Yeah, and it was fun. Kids wanted to come, but the stuff we were dealing with it was horrendous, man. It was and, and the not and the the Christian kids that were there started to leave because they felt like there was nothing there for them. And it was kind of weird. And and I feel like that's a little microcosm maybe of what we're sure. trying to do in the bigger church. Yeah. Sure. Well, and a lot of these things too start off with, I think, kind of a noble ambition, right? We want to get people right. in and attract people and, and you know, grow and, and those kinds of things. But, um, you know, what ends up happening over time is just kind of these little compromises that maybe we don't look at them as compromises. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're in a place doing things. It's like, how do, how do we get here? Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't identify some of those things up front as dangers, right? Or potential dangers until they become one, right. <laughs> like a, a reality of a danger in the church. Yeah. and then you're going, oh my goodness, you know. Um, but it looks so good. Yeah. It seems so right. But and, the, and I think th- another disconnect, oh, and maybe, maybe you're going to go here. Um, so sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but like another disconnect is just, and we've talked about this before, just kind of segregated ministry in the church. Of you know, we're going to have you know right. the old people over here, and the young people over here, and the young marrieds over here, and the career people over here, and maybe there's some value in you know having some specific ministries to specific groups. But with young people in particular, um, you know, you raise them in Sunday school and youth group, and, and then all of a sudden you know they're 18. It's like okay, now go be a part of big church and there's this huge disconnect mm-hmm. right because there's no relationships and they've kind of been in their own sandbox you know sure. this whole time i think sure. there's a i think we're gonna when we try to answer kind of like the solution to this i think i think it kind of goes to that yeah. so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of right. kind of come around at the end maybe about that but i think one of the things we need to acknowledge is um you know we're all gen xers now we're all you know getting up there which the by years. the way is the best generation yeah i think, <laughs> that's that's ever I think that goes without you're, saying you're not part of the greatest generation Gen X, if you want to call Gen X. No, I'm not a boomer. And a you're boomer. talking about the... A uh, no. boomer, that's what I meant. Great generation is the next no, one up. It's the next one you're up. older than us, so I thought you might be the next generation up. <laughs> no, Chad. So, uh, Gen X is like okay, 70... We're all, we're all the same. Gen, Gen <laughs> X is like 67. I think like 66 70, maybe. I'm seven. right in there. I'm right at the cusp. So, you, yeah. so you're almost a boomer. No. I'm a Gen X. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> you're closer to a boomer than David and Fair me. Fair enough. Point is... <laughs> 
as right. as the as you the, act uh, like a boomer. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you dress like a boomer. I have for a long time. As an okay boomer kind of person, the, the point I'm getting at is uh, that we get locked into kind of our way of thinking, our way of doing things, and so some of these claims that we're going to hear about, you know, we we need to rather than just quickly poo poo them and say. You know, we're just going to shut these things down. You know, these young whippersnappers don't know what they're talking about. We need to listen. We need to try to learn and we need to try to adapt where it makes sense. Not not everywhere, but but I think we do have some things to learn and just. Well, know. I think the Bible gives us freedom, right? There's, there's yeah. things the church absolutely does yeah. that are non-negotiable in our scriptures. And then there's a lot of things that it doesn't clearly define. Right. Which means that there's room for creativity and um, imagination and um context, you know, right. um, just paying attention to what's in front of you and, and what might maximize, you know, you know, you going forward. So, so like there's, there's room in areas to, right. to, to do that, but, but there's always in, within those rooms, possible consequences or, or dangers as a result of our choices. So yeah, yeah, there's things we got to continue to protect, even though we have some, some liberty in areas. So. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to kind of just go down some of the claims that when you read articles about why people are leaving, this is what is being said. And then you guys can answer the question, is that valid? And is it something that is fixable? So first one is that the church is too judgmental or intolerant or condemning or hypocritical. Those are kind of all the same, Mm -hmm. the same idea. But um, is that is that a real valid claim? Yes and no. Yes. (laughs) Yes and no. Valid and fixable. (laughs) Yeah. Some of that's earned. Yeah. Some of it's earned. Yeah. Some of it's a false interpretation of right. something that people don't like. Yeah. Because we do we do claim some absolute truths when it comes to holiness and what's <clears throat> revealed as far as that. And so we can we can always be labeled a yeah a hypocrite because we're right. upholding these things that we don't all perform all the time. Yep. So I, I read a social media um, post from a, a well-known Christian guy. You'd probably know his name if I threw it out there. And so I, not verbatim, but something to the fact that like, I need a break from, you know, people that have certainty about their theology and some so, like things along those lines of like, um, you know, just a guy that I think is becoming offendable, you know, as, as he gets older and, and uh, more adverse to, you know, not the word I'm looking for, but, uh, um, you know, just, just claims of theology to say that this is absolute truth, and he's basically saying, I need a break from that. It's exhausting me. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think some of that we can't avoid when it comes to we're, we're going to stand on the Word of God and its principles yeah. and what it teaches. But the idea of that self-righteous Christian who who, who looks down on everybody and everything and, and is very judgmental and, you know, that kind of a thing, the church could do with less of that. Right, yeah. And, and when you immediately walk into a church and feel judgment from people— that's a that's a really negative thing. Right. And I, one of the things I love about the door over the years, we've heard it and we continue to hear it, is that people can walk in here and they won't immediately feel judged by the presence of the people or by the atmosphere. Now, when the word starts to be, when we start to preach, I hope they are, <clears throat> you know, I hope they feel judged by God's word right. in, in, in whatever, you know, that needs to happen um, way, but not by the people. Right. So, I mean, the Bible tells us that God's kindness leads us to repentance. Right. And, yep. and that's not, you know, that we need to soft sell things or anything like that. But just the point is that, you know, judgmentalism and self-righteousness isn't the recipe to lead people to repentance. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, tolerance or acceptance at all costs isn't going to, we yeah. can't do that. So, right. okay, good. Next one is the church is not authentic. So th- there's no, no realness in the church there in, the, in Christianity. Uh, there's nobody being vulnerable or honest. There's um, some, you just got to look hard for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not prevalent. Yeah, I, I would say with the church as a whole has definitely moved into um, 
um, kind of kind of a disposition of um, not really showing your cards and acting right. like you're something you're not. And a lot of it's because of the first one uh, where we're, you know, yep. um, we're trying to not look like sinners <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so that we can appear to be a step above everybody else and not can't be labeled <clears throat> hypocrites. Right. And, and yeah. in trying to not be labeled hypocrites, we're trying to look like something we're not. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff that's just not authentic. There's a lot of people that walk around that are completely fake, completely fake. Yeah. So. Now, I can see where that's a turnoff, and especially yeah. younger generations that um, ha- have kind of seen that for a long time. It kind of disgusts them at a different level, maybe than, than you know, even though I think it disgusts us too. Sure. Um, it is something that we, we don't like that kind of fake, polished veneer where we're pretending to be something we're not or pretending like everything's okay when it's not. And, yeah. and I think we, we've tried right. to, as a church, uh, model from the front even that we're not that way. Right. right. Um, and it doesn't mean every time you have a, a bad thought or a bad day. That you come in and throw it all over everybody and go, there, there. I'm not being fake. You can't accuse me of being fake. That's not what we're talking about. Or a bad diagnosis. Okay. Yeah. 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 At the same time, you know, the opposite end of that spectrum is that, like, authenticity is messy. And we have talked about that and experienced that. And, right. you know, for everybody that, that, you know, claims that the church isn't authentic or real, when the church is authentic and real, people don't always like that either. Yeah. It is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you can go so far with that that it becomes just a, you know, just a everybody's just airing their stuff in a gross right. way, almost yep. boasting about how yep. bad, you know. That, and, and for a while there was that thing like, you know, we suck. Uh, that was kind of a thing, a mantra at the door <laughs> that people picked up on. And it came out of a sermon I think we preached. And it was basically trying to explain that we're not righteous you in can, of ourselves. You can say yeah. that I preached it, Brent. You know, I, have I, to I act like you, like you it, got a part in it. No, it, it was okay. <laughs> I remember it was a, it was a powerful sermon, but but people well, latched yeah. onto the wrong thing. It's kind of like when we have this. I think it was in Romans. Yeah. Like point number one, <laughs> you suck. Yeah. You know. And people, it's the same with the Glory it's the same with the sinners only shirt we had yeah. you know it, it means something but other people took it to mean, it's still legit but yep. but people have taken it the wrong way like right. you yeah. know to where it's their badge yeah it's like <laughs> yeah sinners only and it's like well that's not exactly what we're what we're talking about here but anyway uh that's one of the things i think we do pretty well though as far as the you know trying to be authentic and making sure that you know we that the phrase we don't like to say anymore is that it's okay to not be okay um, most churches, that's not a real thing. You know, right. it's not okay to not be okay. You don't, don't even, you know, keep that to yourself. Don't show it. And here we're a gospel centered church, which means we're a messy church yep. and it's okay to, you know, we want to see continue you know, people continually grow and, and press into Christ and, and be conformed to his image. But, yep. but if, you know, it's okay to be right where you're at. <clears throat> yeah. And I think we have in the DNA of our church, um, you know, that, that you guys over a long time, you know, long before I came along and built into the church was, um, you know, People love people that aren't okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah. When when somebody does stand up and say I'm not okay, you know, there aren't the judgmental stares and, and comments and mm-hmm. uh, shunning or things like that that you know people typically surround those people and come alongside them, and it's a neat thing to see. Yeah, we're we're imperfect people following a perfect God, right? And building that that culture has been obviously important to us, and I think it's come along pretty good yeah Yeah. it's it's something we want to continue to maintain and hopefully don't lose that because it's a it's a it's a big deal right i I almost start with us i almost feel like this is one of the appeals of house churches in general is that there's more um you're more apt to see that kind of a culture just because of the size of it you know you've got you've got people that are pretty comfortable with each other and uh there's there's kind of a trust that's built in with that group and and so over time i think that's something that just 
is able to naturally happen. Right. Where, where in most churches where you're seeing yourself once a week and it's on a level that's not very intimate and not very close, it, it's, it's, just, it's just way too easy to, uh, to do what you need to do to get through that hour and a half looking right. good and feeling good and not, no one's none the wiser, you know? So, that, yeah. This is a, a good way to segue into the next one because this one I find ironic. Um, people say that the other claim, another claim is that there's um, no connection, no community. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not a, not if you're only a Sunday morning Christian. Well, yeah, there's there's yeah. all kinds That's of opportunity you, for these <laughs> for this to happen. It's just most people you're not going to get it on a Sunday morning, nope. and, and in a large church where people sneak in, sneak out, and and then complain there's no connection or community. It's right. kind of like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, clearly. And and in the articles we were reading, it was like people started um, rather than doing church in a building, they were growing vegetables in a vegetable garden, yeah. and sitting around a fire, and yeah. doing and, yoga, and doing yoga, and you know, it was that yeah. kind of stuff, and that was how they were finding connection and community. But uh, this is one of those things where as much connection and community you want, you can probably have, you know, it, hopefully we've created those those yeah. opportunities for people. It's just a matter There's of... There's nothing wrong with, you know, building it. community around, you know, whatever your affinities are. You know, if you like to garden or, you know, exercise or, you know, whatever. Shoot guns. Um, uh, shoot guns, you know, America, whatever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but but as, as the church and as Christians, you know, the, the greatest affinity that we have is, is our union with Christ. And, and so, you know, we strive to build community around that as kind of the preeminent thing. Right. Um, you know, in addition to all these other, you know, affinities or things that we gather around. And I think sometimes churches miss out. They try to make, you know, the, the hobbies or whatever they are the, the primary thing and mm-hmm. miss out on, you know, that we all are united in Christ. Yeah. I think we've always talked, we've talked before, mentioned the, um, how there's kind of the reality in churches of the inner circle and then the outer circle of congregants, of, of people. And the inner circle are pretty much the inner circle because they've made themselves the inner circle. Right. <laughs> there are yeah. people that, that invest and they show yeah, up to they things. Value it. And they engage and they create connections and relationships. And they're just the, the very part of what's going on because they've chosen to be. Yeah. And then there's the outer circle that, that just shows up. I don't want to say just to check the box, but in a way it is because it's it's uh they're they're isolated you know they're they're on the out yeah. they're, they're on the, the perimeter and there is no relationship going on but they they like it that way they've chosen for it to be that way so so yeah the basically yeah. the sky's the limit when it comes to this like you you can do as much or as little as you want to do when right. it comes to engagement well i think so much of this would be kind of the c- connection or community on their terms so yeah. the church has, has got a very clear recipe for this. In Acts chapter 2, you yeah. can look at what the church has offered, you know, what it's supposed to be. And it's really about sharing your lives in a, in a vulnerable, intimate kind of way where you, you really are. And I think this is actually the answer to the question of all the stuff we're talking about. When that begins to happen, the rest of the stuff begins to take place. You right. find connection for your family, for your kids. Um, everything changes when you get to this level. And, and we've all kind of gotten to that point in church where – um, you have built in grandmas and grandpas, you have built in, you right. know, some of the things I was getting back as far as responses when, when I asked these questions were, it'd be really cool if there was a, a time when, you know, kids could learn to change oil or bake or sew, or, you know, it was like, let's, let's create a program with volunteers and our, and we can show up when we want to show up, do that thing and leave. And it's like, or maybe if we just connected as, as the church is supposed mm-hmm. to connect, you begin to learn all that stuff in a normal organic way all right. the time. And it's always kind of going on. You've got built in babysitters, you've got built in, you know, accountability, you've got all the things that the church needs can happen that way without, you know, but that's, I got raised. A, it's a big ask. Me and Carrie yeah. were raised in large part by the church family. I mean, to, to your point, we yeah. moved, we, 
we got married at 19. We moved up here right away. We didn't have any family around. Right. We immediately got into a church, and that became our family. I mean, they um, they just completely smothered us with love and attention and care, and um, and we were young. And so a lot of what I learned as far as being a dad and work ethic mm-hmm. and all those things came from the guys around me that weren't blood, but that were church family, sure. and same with Carrie and being a mom and being a wife and um, baking and yep. basic stuff like that. You know, most of that was learned from being a you know from the church family. So, and then even after my parents finally moved up here years later, um, the church family never ceased to be less of a family. It's still just as big as a family right. as right. as my original family. So anyway, well, we see that happening in the community groups. I mean, when, when, when it's a multi-age kind of a community group, you see all these things kind of taking place. But again, I think what people are asking for is a, is a class. Like we want a class on parenting or a class on marriage where we can come. The kids are over here doing their thing. We come into a class, we learn what we need to learn. And then we're out of there in an hour. Um, this is the and, program oriented and the program. mindset. So, that so the it's again, it's on now. their terms, and yep. I get the and those are those can be fine things to sure. do. Don't misunderstand. <clears throat> yeah. But then there's that idea where you immerse yourself in the life and culture of a church and community, and all these things are just kind of working themselves out in, right. in a normal, natural way. How, how much are, are you going to learn about marriage as a young couple? <clears throat> excuse me, if you attach yourself to the couple that's been married for fifty years. Yeah. Well, and, and again, been, a lot of those classes you know, end up being the same people at the same age, and yep. you know they're all yeah. learning together, and they're, they're they're hoping to glean something, but they're really just complaining about a hard. You know, parenting or marriage is. right <laughs> so yeah the whole church being together is a, is a benefit there yeah and the bible actually gives a recipe you know that you know it's the job of the older people to invest in the younger people um and you know converse to that you know like younger people should flock to the older people for that very reason yeah uh, and learn from them and glean what they can and that's that's just god's simple organic design yeah okay the next one on here this is kind of a, an important one that i, I tend to want to just disregard um, but it's that they don't have a voice, they're not valued, they're not listened to. Um, for the younger generation who kind well, of... Well, they've earned that. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> I mean, for the younger... Right, next. <laughs> yeah, for the younger generation that's grown up basically feeling like through social media they're heard, um, and they, they, they really have a voice at times, and then they come into the church and, and they're, they're not valued or important. It's got to be hard. Because um, they're really used to used to that kind of an. So idea. that's valid yeah. and not valid. Yeah, correct. So I mean, it's 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 valid because, um, gosh, how do you say it? Because a, a lot of times we're not um, we're not coming around the younger people like we like we could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are putting them in their own room and in their own sandbox and saying, you know, have fun. There you go. Um, rather than bringing them to our side. And doing life with them, right? And and really um, adopting them, you know, in life. So yes, invalid in that. That's a completely sinful, selfish, self-centered. You know, it, it's all about me, and no one's better at that than young people. They don't know yet that they're all about themselves in ways that are ridiculous. And so everything we approach is about us, and you know, <laughs> yeah. And no, no one can meet those expectations that we have of ourselves at that age yeah. because we're just so internal we're just so about us so yeah i mean it's it's valid and yeah not valid well, that's not necessarily limited to young people I mean, it's I not mean, limited our churches to young are people. full of consumers that it's not their, their whole mindset but i think they're better at approach it. to church is what's in it for me right and we constantly have to battle that as pastors well and i would say that i, I it's always been this way younger people are ignored the older generations don't listen to them. They're, they don't know what they're talking about. There's that right. attitude. So, oh, I mean, I remember that feel, feeling that way. The difference is that I think 
there's this idea that that I, it's not that way. Again, social media creates this thing where I'm heard right. and important, and then you come to church and you're not. So there's that disconnect there. I think we need to do a better job of listening, and I think we do. I mean, you know, even the last couple of weeks, we got together with some younger people that listened to their their concerns about some things, tried to learn from them. We're trying to be open about that kind of stuff, but I think it is something that you don't just shut them down. You know, hopefully, yeah. we care um, about what they think. Yes, but by creating these programs and all these games and stuff that they love and are supposedly bringing them in, what yeah. we're really doing is putting them away because we don't want to deal with them during those years. <laughs> Right. Yeah. We don't want the kind of thoughts that they have, the kind of ideas that they have. Right. We don't. We don't want to hear the things that they have to say because it's just annoying. We've been there. We've grown up past that. Just yeah. get them through this stage. Right. And so we create this other thing that's supposed to appease what we're not giving them, and it doesn't. Yeah. So we lose them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And again, know. that would be something we can't. We can't really budge yeah. on a whole bunch. But okay, we got. I got a little lot here to go, so I'm going to try to move through these quick. Uh, too focused on power and money churches that's that's the reason why people leave and that's, that's something that, uh, some sometimes i think it can certainly be earned i don't think we're yeah guilty. amen i don't think we're guilty of that i think we would agree with that <laughs> uh too involved in politics yeah earned <laughs> and again we don't understand sometimes that the younger generations probably have some very different ideas than the older generations do and so again we i talked about this on sunday about these obstacles we put between us and, and christ you know people that are trying to get to christ and we're throwing up obstacles and i'm not talking about you know, cultural issues that are that are wrong. You know, we, we would agree that abortion is wrong. And, and you know, even though the way younger generation yeah. might say that it's right, we're not going to say, oh, but when we when we divide over political lines and, and you know, separate ourselves in these kind of camps, we alienate a whole group of people. Right. That are part of the church and should be trained and taught and, you know, come allowed to come along <clears throat> in their theology and in their growth. And, you know, someday maybe they'll vote the same way you do, but maybe yeah. they don't right now. And we don't make a lot of room for that. Right. And again, we've made the primary thing, you know, politics and not Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, we have, you know, convictions that we're going to stand on and hold to. But at the end of the day, we're not promoting politics. Well, in all fairness. We're not promoting a certain, you know, candidate or way of voting or anything like that. And that's where you you see churches go off the rails and, you know, attaching themselves to a candidate or a political party. Well, it's it's become, that has become a tactic for growth in the last five years. Yeah is being yeah. very politically sure vocal from the pulpit and i think i think even younger people um have been attracted to some of that yeah so like it, it is something that's being used as a strategy sure um but you but you are in that like you already talked about you're there's a whole nother group of people missionally speaking that you're probably isolating because of that but you but it will grow a church yeah. We all know yeah. it'll grow a church. Yeah. So. Uh, next one is no social, mis- no social mission or social engagement, which is extremely important to millennials, uh, to Gen Zers, that, that, that we're engaged in social um, kind of trying to make the world a better place kind of stuff, um, as opposed to being kind of lazy, turned in, aimless. You know, the church for a long time has had a lot going on as far yeah. as theology, but we've been very insular, and so and they see that, and they, they, they don't like it, and I think they got a point. Sure, <laughs> I do. Yeah, I mean, when our, when our scriptures and everything that we teach from the pulpit has to do with uh, feeding the poor and clothing the poor and uh, loving your enemy, yep. and then the church um, puts itself away. <laughs> yeah. Right, to where it can't, like it has yeah. no possibility of walking in any of those things. That's, a, that's an obvious, like, blemish. Like, they're looking yeah. at that hypocrisy and going like, you guys talk all this stuff, but like, none of you do anything. And we, and, and the younger generations, like for, for all of their problems and flaws that they, they have that they do, they want 
they want to activate. They want to be yeah. activists. They don't want to just talk about something. They want to see something done. And so right, well, wrong, maybe, or indifferent. Maybe not to the right end. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah. They, they have at least this thing in them that says, let's not just talk about this. Right. Let's do this. Right. The church could use more of that. Right. Let's not just talk about this or hear <laughs> Jesus tell us about this. Let's do this. But again, so. the, end, the end goal for the Christian is so that people can know Christ oh, for sure. through what yeah, we're doing, for sure, that, for that sure. they meet Christ, that, they, that, that we're not just doing a temporary thing to keep them you know, kind of subdued no. or comfortable right. for a little while until eternity starts, but we actually are trying to win them you know, yeah. to Christ. And, and so that's yeah. where the, it can go. It can be a, just an exercise in futility if all they're doing is just no, social sure. engagement with, right. no, with no end goal. We sure. go off the rails when, <clears throat> when social justice is the primary thing, Correct. which we see a lot of churches making that their primary thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and churches should be engaged in kind of social justice right. type well, it becomes issues, a, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but yeah. we also go off the rails in the other way. When we look at churches and say, okay, they're, you know, social justice is the primary thing. Well, we're not going to be like that. We're going to be all you know, about the gospel and the word and, and go too far the other way and never do anything because people do it wrong over here. Yeah. Yep. And, and so we kind of err on opposite extremes. One of the ideas that came in was like the, they can get the younger kids can get together with you know families can bring their kids in and then go plant trees or something yeah. like that for older people in the community. It's a great idea, but again, rather than have a day where you create a program and a time period and all that, if the church was just simply existing as the church, and you found out about an old lady in the congregation who had a need. And maybe a neighbor who had a need. We, right. That's all built in already. You can yeah. just you can just kind of, and that's what community groups do is they they, they meet each other's needs and they yep. meet the community's needs uh, without having to schedule something, right? Or create volunteers or you know make it a lot of work. So uh, the next one is this one I heard over and over and over again. When my kids come to your church, they're bored. It's not fun. <laughs> your church, Brett. They even said my church. They need to try. <laughs> they need to try Lapine. It's not boring. <laughs> it's not boring. <laughs> it's all, all about perspective. <laughs> might not be safe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's not boring. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is a hard one because you guys remember what it's like when you have young kids yeah. and you want them to enjoy church and, and uh, you don't want it to be boring. Uh, but what do we do with this? Because I, I, I wish I – this is a tough one because I, 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 I wish I knew then what I know now or I wish I thought then like I think now as a believer, but I, sim- I simply didn't. And, and one of the reasons why families with, with young kids will pick or choose the church they go to is absolutely your kids. Your kids are going to be right. at, at the top of the list of priorities of why you pick. You want them to be taught well. You want them to have other friends. You want them to make other friends that you think are going to be good for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. You do want them to halfway want to go to church in, instead of you know, think that they're going to a funeral every Sunday, you know, like, like those, those things matter. And at the same time, um, like I, I, um, mind, I lost my train of thought. Um, (laughs) like I, okay. Mature me would say to, would see, you got to help me get it out when my brain starts doing <laughs> that. Um, yeah. I was excited. I couldn't wait to hear what you were going to say next. Well, I, and, and then it went away. It, it was just like squirrel. And I was yeah. like thinking about the pastrami sandwich. <laughs> I wish that, 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 that old me could, could go back and, and, and have known, you know, some of this back then that, that like the, it's okay that my kid, like the priority is not 
that they like. It's that they're they're learning what's important to us, and they're yes. learning why it's important to us. That's really uh, it. life is not fun. It's not all about you being entertained, but it is all about truth and important things. Um, and we can train our kids from a young age to think that way and to know that, to, to be let in on that little secret, yeah. you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's just things I totally would have done different, but it's right. not unreasonable for a family with young kids to go, okay, we, we need to find a church. We just moved to this town. That's kind of like for that to be there. What's the children's emphasis like sure. ministry? Like it, it, it matters. Well, like so many of the things that we've talked about, it's, it's taking a, a good thing and just overemphasizing a good thing and taking a good thing that maybe was never meant to be the primary thing and putting it in, you know, a primary position. And, you know, to your point, yeah, we want, you know, good things for our kids and we want them to enjoy church. But is that, is that a primary thing? Yeah. Maybe not a primary thing. Well, and again, it goes back to the idea of fun. I mean, when you think about all the parents are involved in right now, it used to be the sports uh, stopped on the weekends, like right. Sunday, there was nothing going on. Now it's all going on. And so there's so much that's competing with, you know, these kids attention for fun. Right. And the church isn't, we're never going to come Would close to go that. play I mean, baseball or go I mean, to I church. shouldn't say that there are churches that are, that are actually beating out the world in their fun. You know, there's they, churches they, I want to go to right now. It's to like, ride a, the it's, it's like going to an amusement <laughs> park yeah. where you show up. Wait, is that a ball houses. pit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, that, that does exist. But I mean, yes, when does. we're talking about just like a, a place like this, we're never going to be able to compete with the yeah. fun that the world is offering them. Right. So at that point, then, like you guys said, you have to, the parents have the responsibility. And I put this back on them to let their kids know the value of what we're doing at church. We get right. to go to church this week. We get to come into the presence of God and be with God's people and, and, and hopefully find engagement for their kids where they're, they're a part of the church, not just an, an attender or not just, a, you know, sitting in the audience bored, but that they have something to do. And we need to help accommodate that. But all the Sunday school stuff and the, you know, these are all big machines to feed. Yeah, they're, they're big machines. They take a lot of volunteers, a lot of time. And, and you want to get, you know, good volunteers that are passionate about what they're teaching your kids. And that's all very, that's all hard to do. So it really comes back down to the parent, yep. you know, making this a priority for their family. Right. And, and, and kind of training them up in this in this culture not not to sound like a stick in the mud but like just the obvious again something i've learned the more that i've grown up and and looked at this is how how much are we actually robbing them by providing them um with the motive of coming to be entertained and excited um like like are, are we actually like removing the very thing that we want them to get the most by sure providing this other thing that's saying look over here don't look over here. That's deep. Look, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, this goes back to what we say over and over again. I think it was James Montgomery Boyce that, that said this, what you win them with is what you win them to. And if you win them with fun, the only way you're going to keep them coming to church is when, you know, you got to keep the fun going. Yeah. And what we see this in churches where they turn a certain age and it's like, well, the fun stopped, so I'm not coming anymore. Right. And that's a, that's a bad reason to come to church. And yeah. again, we're probably not going to do it as well as the world. And so you're going to find that the kid at some point <laughs> is going to go, whoa, this is way more fun if I'm, right. you know, if I'm loaded and, you know, yep. promiscuous. And, you know, again, if, they, if there's no value for, for the church and for what it really is, then we're not going to compete with that kind of fun right. at all. When our kids were young, we went to a couple churches that, were pretty robust with their children's ministry and um, kind of exciting. But we went to one church that wasn't. It was completely different. You might say it it was Puritan-esque. It was um, 
very um, bing, bing, bing. Like we, we don't do these things. And right. so the, the kids sat in there with us. Sometimes the sermons were super long and, and heady, not even directed towards the kids, which I'm not saying is good. Sometimes I was um, bored. It was, it was sometimes <laughs> the adults were bored. Um, like it, it, was, it was pretty uh, traditional and stripped down. Like there was nothing there that the kids would like. But, but my kids, if they have, as they have gotten older, have all referred back to that period of time in that church as some of the most formative in their Christian thinking as far as things that they actually got as far as the importance yeah. of Christianity, something that they learned from the Bible, um, e- even community and the way it was done, integration in the way it was done. Um, like I still look back and have like a bad taste in my mouth about some of it. Like, gosh, that was dumb. I can't believe, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. like that it being so, so stripped down, like, and they were young, like the kids were young at that time. And they, they walked away like, like God, showed them some stuff and taught them some stuff yeah um, because the it was a look here <laughs> yeah not look here yeah so that's good um we're gonna run out of time before we get through what i've got going here so i'm just gonna the, some of the other reasons i'm just gonna run down this list and if, if i as i say them if you guys want to comment on them just speak out but uh, some of the reasons we're seeing why people have left the church and haven't come back COVID obviously is a huge one that just gave gave, gave people a reason to to make a, an exit and, and kind of yeah. be gone for long enough that nobody's going to notice. Um, we see just a general cult- cultural shift in our in our world right now. We're in a post-Christian time. Church just isn't important to people right now. A lot of people say it's not relevant to their life. It lacks substance or relatability, and so there's just no, you know, there's no reason to really come. Um, the rise of self or self-directed spirituality, because it's funny that they're saying church attendance is dropping, but spirituality is actually rising, increasing, but it's this self-directed spirituality, right. whatever that means. I saw that on Kerry Newhoff's page. I like that term. Positive thinking. But, you know, but it is, you know, the rise of self is huge. And so, yeah. you know, that's something we're seeing. Um, not wanting accountability. That's always been a thing, but that's why a lot of people don't want to come to church. Uh, better community or, or finding community elsewhere. Maybe like not the bar. Better. Yeah, but the you know, pub. CrossFit, yeah. the bar, the, sure. you know, whatever it is, there, there's sure. other opportunities for community. Whereas the church used to kind of be, that's where some people found it. Yeah. Even if they didn't know Jesus or want yeah. Jesus, they found community. That's why it used to be in the yeah. center of towns. You know, yeah, <laughs> the church right. would sit in the middle of it because yeah. it's where everything happened yeah, the, in town. The yeah. more we move to the margins, uh, you know, other things kind of take up the center. The, the more we're yeah. kind of yeah. seeing. I can't remember who it was year, years ago. Somebody wrote uh, like the kind of a theory about what they called the third place. And so, like, your first place is your home, and your second place is your work, and then everybody has a third place. And that's, you know, the bar, it's the club, you know, the country club, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, the gym. Yeah, Yeah. the gym, your your third place. And and I I think the the third place is, you know, on the, you know, changing positions from the third place to, you know, maybe moving up to the second place. Well, then social media, you know, that, that, that fake community that exists. Yeah. You want to talk about a third place. Yeah. Seriously. You know, you feel like you're connected to something. The first place. You're not at all. You're, you know, you're sitting on your couch, but you feel like you're connected to some kind of community, which also brings us to another one that we see is the stinking live stream, which I know we struggle with. Um, but you can, you well, kind of, some of us do. Yeah. Well, we struggle with, we have a love hate relationship. Yeah. We have a love hate relationship <laughs> where it's like, again, we're providing something that yeah. allows people to stay away from community. And, and the other thing is that there's a lot of better options out there probably as far as, you know, if they don't like this church, that church right. you know, is, yeah, has a way better live stream. And again, you have a false sense of connection and community, but it's not real, right. but it's keeping people away. Um, 
just too many things competing for people's time. I already mentioned that there's, there's, you only have so much time. And when I look at parents' lives right now and their kids and what they're doing, they're running this way, they're running that way. They're a lot of mom and dads are both working. Uh, when we were younger, it was more common for, you know, Mm -hmm. only one to work. And so, you know, they've got to be just literally exhausted. So, you, you know, you have to prioritize what's important to you. And at some point the determination is, you know, we'll go to church once a month, maybe if it's fun, yeah. but we're not going to make yeah. that a priority. There's an appeal to sleeping in and, and catching the live stream later yeah. that I get. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of this comes yeah. down to um, a, a, just a lack of desperation, maybe a low view yeah. of, of the church and, and just a lack of desperation. Right. Well, I think you already said a lack of priority. Yeah. Like if, if Christ is that important to you in your life, then the things of Christ will be like the things that Christ followers do <laughs> yeah, right. will be. That's that's really if we just cut through it. That's just and and you don't it mean is. to be that harsh or to or to call somebody out that straightforward, but it's simply true. We do we find a way to do the things that we believe are important right. in our lives. And and can and can we fix that as the church no. as pastors? Can no. we fix that? No, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> isn't that the frustrating part? We, we can't can't make somebody it. want it more. Right. I preach every week, and I know you guys do too to try to fix that. Right. I, I preach in a way that I want people to be changed when yeah. they walk out of there to have that fall in line, you know, the, right. the priority, the, um, you know, the, uh, just the value right. of Christ in their lives be different than it was the week before, but I can't, I can't make that. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's the, um, exasperating part for me is I, I want to accommodate when I hear these things and it's like, I want, I, how can we get these families and how can we connect them? But at, at some point, if, if that's not a priority to them and I have to do with these fun and games things and, and, you know, satisfy them with whatever these programs and things are to, in order to get them to come. I, I mean, how exhausting is that? Right. And, and at some point, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you compete with all the other stuff that's going on? It's just, it's like, it seems weird. And I, I guess I wanted to turn to you guys and ask you when you were young um, and your families were young did you guys pretty much go to church every Sunday? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Three times a week? Yeah, three <laughs> times a week. Every week. Why? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So well, that that's why... That's what was why your incentive, you know? Let, I'll, I'll just kind of, like, cut to it. Like, that's the reason why me and Carrie, as young Christians, that weren't even serious Christians, once we got married and had our first child, made church from that point on without even questioning it, a part of our lives. It's because I saw it. I lived in it growing up. Like it mattered to my parents. It was everything. It was, it, it was that thing in our family that, that says, this is what our family does. And because we yep. didn't waver from it and we didn't take vacations from it and it, and it never became casual or recreational, it, that was built into me. Like, this is what you do when you're a Christian. Like you, your life reflects Christian things. It does. Yep. It goes to where God is. It goes to where His people are. I saw. Like I was an idiot on so many levels, but I got that, and I knew that it meant the same thing for me when I started following Christ. Is like right. this is a non-negotiable, and for my kids and my house, this is going to be a non-negotiable. So I know that's a little different than with most people, but it was modeled for me that that's what a Christian does when they follow Christ. Uh, and I want to yeah. point out that had to have been challenging. I know it was because I had five kids trying to get everybody going the same direction on a Sunday morning and, and going to church. It's so challenging. To there was do that, every reason to not it. to yes, do it. Right. Most it. Sundays. Yes. <laughs> if we wanted to find a reason yeah. why why today is not going to be a good day for this, we would have had one almost every Sunday. Yeah. 
Chad, how about you? I, I would say the same thing. It was just instilled into me, you know, my whole life, you know, growing up, church is just what, what we did. It's what our family did. Right. And so by the time, you know, I got to adulthood, I mean, like it just was kind of habit, you know, for a lot of, I don't mean to degrade it by calling it habit, yeah. but it was just, it was routine. It was just what you did in life. Um, and I became a, a pastor right out of high school. And so then like I had to be there because of that, <laughs> you know, there, there was that, that dynamic, um, you know, of, of not being able to miss it, but, um, pretty quickly I began to value it. Yep. And I think even it was probably in my high school years where I, where I really valued church more, more than I did, you know, prior yep. to that. Um, and so, yeah, just modeled for me, like it was, you know, for you and, and just well, and the amazing, the cool thing is that, um, you're, you're, parenting, your marriage, your finances, all these things that you, we want to learn about and to be better at, they all kind of naturally, that's, that's what the benefit of the church was, is these right. things began to happen as I formed these relationships with people and, and committed, not just Sunday mornings. This was, you know, this was about being in community This is a lifestyle of being around right. these people. Um, to where you're really invested in that. Yeah. I will say that, that one of the things, if I'm being honest, that, that motivated me to go was, was guilt. It, it, there was an incentive for me to be, take my family there because... I didn't want them to think I was a bad Christian or a bad dad. Um, and we, we've seen in our culture a disappearance of guilt is what I would call sure. it. Yeah. Um, there is no pressure um, to do that, really. Very Not like it was in our, when we were you know, doing it. Um, and so that's kind of gone. And, and I'm glad that was there because on one hand, I, you know, it's kind of a bad motivator, but it was a motivator. Yeah, but a motivator nonetheless. But I, just like you said, it got to the point where... And, and it still happens today. Sometimes I'll be like, I don't want to go, but I have to go. And yeah. then I go and I'm like, that was awesome. Right, I'm glad I went. <laughs> you know, I'm glad I went. And that happens more often than yeah. not, you know, and so. Yeah. Well, even even bad motives, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that, like God, God can can use that, right? right. So yeah. so like my bad motive was that um, it, was a re- it was a thing of religiosity because I saw my parents do it religiously and they never veered from that. And so by saying like, that's just what you do if you're a Christian, I, I did it for a few years to check the box and go, oh, cool, like I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing what my right. parents did. Yeah. This is what Christians do. There was a point, though, around 21, 22, where, where something shifted, probably just got, you know, saved again. And, <laughs> um, and, and, and I, I actually started valuing and absorbing what was going on there and right. realized, oh, this is actually life-giving. So it's not just a, a place you go to see these people. There's actually life-going things right. that are being imparted to me here. And then it became a, a, a thing of ownership, yeah. you know, where it, it was appropriated to me. So, but the motive was bad. Yeah. Originally, it was just like, oh, I'm checking the box because this is what Christmas is. Well, no, I think we've all seen probably over the years, you know, people who, you know, they participate kind of in the function of the church, right? They, they show up to Sunday mornings and are maybe, you know, faithful Sunday morning attenders, um, you know, maybe come to a midweek service. But then you see people that are involved more in the life of the yeah. church. Like there's a difference there. Yeah. Um, attending the events of the church versus being involved in the life of the church. And and outer circle. Probably, you know, we, we've all had, you know, that moment where, you know, the life of the church has taken on new meaning and has become, you know, important to us more than just the function of the church. Yeah. No, and it, it's a huge transition from, you know, just going to church to actually being a part of a church. Right. And, um, and, and the other thing that I was just going to just point out is there's a sense in which you cannot improve upon the church. <laughs> What, what God sure. has made it to be, what He's designed, is something that you can't really improve upon. It, it's it's an amazing. Well, what it already yeah. does. Yes. Yes. What what He's designed and the way He's designed it again. Yes. Acts two. I mean, doing it the way He's designed he, he it to be. He was doing. It is you can't make that better. Everyone comes together. Seems to be multi generational. <laughs> right. Yes. To to sing, to pray, to be washed by the to hear the word of God preached. Yeah. Uh, to break bread. Yeah. Like like we don't need something else. 
No, to and, fight, to and, and when we don't value that or you know recognize that, we have a low view of that, and, and then we try to improve upon it with things that are not really improvements. That's just a hard thing to to sure. try to try to. That's a hard line to walk. And yet, at the same time, I know that there are things we can be doing at the door that would probably enhance somebody's desire to want to come or be here or whatever. And we always want to be sensitive to that without compromise. You know, right. We're not compromising what God's word says, or we're not, you know, doing a bait and switch thing where let, let, I don't know, that's always a challenge. So pray for us in that regard, please. Cause yeah. we're always walking that line it's of like a bit of a tightrope. It is, you know, cause it's important to have young families. We would love that. Maybe pray to that end even, but well, it could be a challenge too, because there, there are a hundred, there are a hundred things you can do to build a church. Sure. Like the, there's, there's probably a few things we could do tomorrow that would immediately <clears throat> shift something somewhere. But there's also things that the church can spend all its money and all its time right. and all its energy in and never see anything happen. You're just hitting your right. head up against the wall yeah. because of so many other factors that are just God factors, yeah. you know, and, and even just your dim, like, where are you at? You know, How, is it populated? Is it not, is it rural? Yeah. Uh, like, like what's, you know, what kind of people live there? What kind of community is it? And so you could be trying to make something happen to look like this church over here that like is never going to happen right. because of just where you're at right. and the, and, and the factors involved, you know what I mean? So yeah, we, we, we do need your, prayer on things and yeah. yeah what we're what we're you know pushing forward in and why we're doing it and what we shouldn't and anyway. yeah i think there's a couple of questions people tend to ask when they when they think about church you know uh, what do i want out of church or what's important to me and maybe those aren't the right questions to be asking maybe, maybe it's more to do with what does god want what's right. important to him why did yeah. you say maybe well <laughs> I, I, that was supposed to be more of a Maybe maybe you should consider that there's yeah, a better question kind. to ask. I was being, well, yeah, I guess so. Subtle. Don't ask yeah. those questions. Yeah. <laughs> a, a better question, not maybe, is what does God want or what's important to him? And, and I or what say, can I do here? What yeah, can I absolutely. bring to yeah, this? What, right. what's, what's the church How can I add yeah. to what God's doing? Absolutely. But I think if we, if we answer the question, what's important to God, what would he have me do? Um, the answer is obvious. You know, plug into a local community invest, be, become accountable, all yeah. those things, uh, pour your family into this thing. Uh, and it doesn't mean it's going to be the door. There's, there's lots of churches out there, uh, but it would be great if it was. Yeah. Uh, but when you do that, when you take that kind of that next, uh, you know, that full immersion kind of full contact Christianity kind of mindset, it, it, it's, it's where the church really right. functions and flourishes. And it's where a lot of these things that these claims that people have made and these, these reasons they've left begin to take care of themselves. Yeah. In community. I think about first Corinthians fourteen, you know, twelve and fourteen, Paul's talking about, you know, spiritual gifts in the church and yeah. you know, spirituality and these kinds of things. And there's a point where he says, um, you know, if you want to see a real manifestation of the spirit, strive to excel at building up the church. Yeah. And so the encouragement to the Christian is, you know, your your approach and your mindset to church is, you know, what can I contribute to this? How can I add to it, like you just said? Um, right. and, and that's, I mean, that's God's design that, that we wouldn't approach church as consumers saying what's in it for me and what can I get out of it, but how can I contribute to it and add to it? And you'll find that when you do that, that you get something out of it. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then I also think of, you know, a pastor buddy of mine who, um, you know, was trying to build in the DNA of his church. Like he would say, uh, you know, invite people into your lives before you invite them to church. 
Uh, and the idea is that, you know, that you would make relational connections with people and not necessarily lead with, you know, hey, do you want to come to my church? But like, hey, come into my life and come to my house for dinner and you'll get to know my family and I'll get to know yours. And then, you know, maybe you'll become a part of what we're a part of. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for, again, Christians looking to, to bring, you know, another demographic into the church or certain people into the church, um, invite people into your lives mm-hmm. and, and just see what God does with Well, that. and that makes just Sunday mornings kind of the cherry on top of yeah. everything else, which is, that's, you know... That's not the main event. Right. Uh, when you try to make that the main event, it, it, it's not really probably going to work very well. Well, right? for a non-believer, it's not, yeah. not going to be a great main event. No, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. Yeah. All right. How about that? Pastrami. <laughs> not even that hungry. I don't know why I keep thinking about Chad, it. Chad, maybe you should pray because you were probably not not focused on the sandwich right now. I'm not. I'm starting to think about I might get pastrami today. It's you not should. my norm, but I might get it. You should. That would be a right decision. Well, we'll see what the special is today Inception. when we get there. He just inceptioned you. Yeah. You didn't even know it. <laughs> that with the little spin of the phone was. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. You want to see it again? Yeah, do it again. <laughs> All right, let's pray. God, we're thankful for today, and uh, just thankful for our conversation. Pray that it would be helpful to people. Um, just pray that you would help us uh, as a church as we uh, endeavor uh, to, to grow and to bring people in, that you would help us to do so um, in a way that's uh, that's good for the church and glorifying to you. Uh, pray that people would come to faith in Christ uh, through our efforts, uh, and that you would help our church to continue uh, to be a light here in our community. Uh, and help us uh, as pastors just to have wisdom and discernment uh, in what that looks like as we move forward. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.